Hello, this is Steve Tai, executive producer of Kings of the Ring, and to celebrate the 50th mighty episode of the show, uh, we're cutting a special episode today, uh, Breaking Kayfabe Style, to reveal a bit more about the characters in the Kingsverse, uh, who they're based on, and even how we do the voices. Now, all the characters are fictional here, uh, and based on archetypes, meaning based on the role certain real people played, uh, or a character represents a type uh, in wrestling history. And to start out with, uh, I want to point out there are two voices you will never hear in Kings of the Ring. And that's the voices of Randy Savage and Dusty Rhodes. While in many cases I am doing direct impressions of actual wrestler voices, uh, they aren't perfect, so one might not even realize I'm doing it. However, to do the Macho Man or the American Dream, which are truly two of the most distinctive voices in human history... There's no way to immerse yourself into the King's verse and hear, Ooh, yeah, the cream rises to the top. Or, ha-ha, you fibbibbidaw, blow the woods, if you will. It will snap you out of the fantasy, like Christopher Reeve seeing the, the penny in Somewhere in Time. Uh, it just ain't going to work. Uh, those impressions are too on the nose. The voices are too well-known and uh, associated with those specific people. So it wouldn't work to do that in Kings of the Ring. Now that being said, uh, let's jump in a bit and we'll start with Hollywood buddy Melrose. Now that his second major story arc is done with the wrestling union gimmick being squashed, I can reveal that Buddy Melrose was originally designed as a combination of Terry Funk, Nick Bockwinkle, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, and Jesse the Body Ventura. He is Nick Bockwinkle, was the main heel in the Midwest for a long time under Vern Gagne, and that partnership with Nick and Vern uh, was the inspiration for Buddy and Charlie Gotcha's partnership. However, I don't believe Bockwinkle and Vern were as close as Buddy and Charlie are, uh, but the general appearance of Nick and his role as the top blonde glamorous heel behind a legit toughness like Buddy Rogers, who was also seen as the best in the business for a long time as an all-around performer. Uh, Buddy Melrose is a true all-time great. Uh, He's Terry Funk. As far as a wrestler who's been connected to Hollywood for a long time, uh, behind the scenes as a stuntman and fight coordinator, that is Buddy Melrose. And he is Jesse the Body Ventura for his push to create a union for wrestling. Although Buddy's motivations were a lot more uh, altruistic, and he really put himself out there way more than Jesse Ventura did in real life. Uh, He was the inspiration for Buddy's union move, which had been set up from the beginning. And the voice for Buddy Melrose is also my impression of Jesse the Body Ventura. It may not sound like Jesse to your ears, but that is how I construct his voice, uh, my attempt at doing Jesse. Charlie Gotch was based on Vern Gagne for his role and general inability to adapt to the changing times of the 80s. And as a guy who was used to being the big boss of wrestling and uh, not caring for some young upstart from New York. However, the rivalry between Gotch and Julian Kane is a hundred times more intense and personal, as that's what the show is all about. Now, Charlie's voice is a variation of everyone's impression of Stu Hart. This isn't my direct impression of Stu, but it's more the voice that everyone uses whenever they tell Stu Hart stories. It's not really a character influence, uh, it's just the voice. 
Uh, Nellie Gotch is based on Greg Gagne in role only, a son of the Midwest promoter. Uh, the personality is generally original and not based on anyone specific, though I'd say his wrestling knowledge is comparable and uh, the idea that he's second generation but lacks the physical attributes and charismatic star power to be a big star on his own. Thor Hansen. Now, this big blonde Marvel superhero who takes over the wrestling world through New York is based on, drumroll, we'll give you three guesses, it's Hulk Hogan. Did you guess it? Did you figure it out? Of course you did. It was never really a secret. Uh, however, their personalities are not the same. Uh, unlike the Hulkster who grew up in Tampa and played bass, uh, Eric Hansen is a humble California surfer dude who innocently climbed his way into wrestling despite being initially scared off when as a trainee saw Prince Abdullah break that loudmouth biker's leg in front of his face uh, and naively dreaming of being the next Goliath in Japan and generally trying to play ball in AMW before Julian Kane got his hooks into him and slowly teaches him how to be an asshole. Uh, and Thor also gets much better acting gigs than Hulk Hogan ever got, mainly because unlike Hulk Hogan, Thor had the full support and assistance of his bosses, Julian Kane and Nigel Davies, uh, in his movie endeavors, as it's a virtual partnership as Julian Kane's strategy is to actively help guys get movie and TV appearances, uh, which they get a cut of, and they figure, and he figures, will translate into becoming bigger wrestling stars, which helps the EWF. However, like Vince, Julian can get quite offended if guys succeed a little too much without his help. But as you see, there are financial contractual reasons for that as EWF gets a cut. As for Thor's voice, uh, it's not a Hulk Hogan imitation at all. It is, however, my impression of the heel penguin and surfs up voiced by Dietrich Bader. <laughs> And I can't believe I'm revealing that, as it does sound kind of goofy. Uh, but while the voice has sort of changed a bit over time, that was the original idea. Killian Kavanaugh. The premise of Killian Kavanaugh is simple. What if Conor McGregor was born 30 years earlier? And the answer to that is, he'd be a pro wrestler, of course. Uh, everything about Killian is built on the idea of what Conor would do. Connor is the guy who knows how to play the game to maximize his value to the promoter and looks up for himself career-wise at all times, has great charisma, great talker, and a great heel. Uh, the softer side of Killian and his friendships with other wrestlers is more original, as I don't know a lot about Connor outside the ring, other than he's constantly assaulting strangers and getting into fights and getting accused of all sorts of stuff. Um, but the career line is there. And Killian's voice is my impression of Conor McGregor as well. Corporal Punishment. He is the good-natured, humble Southern boy who parlayed his army career into a wrestling gimmick. And in that sense, he is based on Sergeant Slaughter. And many of his stories are inspired by Sergeant Slaughter's amazing career in life. However, there's not much physical resemblance or personality there between the two. Uh, it's more about the role Slaughter played, uh, not the actual guy. Uh, however, the voice was originally inspired by the Global Wrestling Federation's masked patriot, Del Wilkes, a.k.a. the Trooper, and his all-around good guy persona he does so well, uh, sort of inspired the personality of Corporal Punishment, like a real-life version of Del Wilkes's gimmick. Uh, Leroy Brown. His general role was based on that of the Junkyard Dog and his massive crossover success in the South. However, that's where the similarities and inspiration ends, uh, as Bad Bad Leroy Brown is generally based uh, physically uh, and persona on all the great 
like black action stars and athletic types from the, of the seventies, you know, like Bernie Casey and Jim Brown and, and OJ Simpson, uh, his general persona is that guy. And that's sort of, you know, how he looks. Uh, those guys had incredible crossover appeal racially, particularly OJ Simpson, uh, for anyone old enough to remember OJ pre murder, uh, he was incredibly popular, uh, even if his history has been generally scrubbed. But if you're old enough, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Leroy's archetype, which isn't based on anyone too specifically, uh, but he's the wrestler who was completely exploited by the promoter and because of his race, severely underpaid, and his body now destroyed uh, because he was run into the ground so badly and now has very little to show for it. Uh, as for the voice, uh, I think you can figure that one out. Hercules Harris slash Mobutu Zulu is not Kamala. Now, while I picture a guy resembling more of a Mark Henry type as a big beefy powerhouse, more than a, a shredded up bodybuilder, his role is more inspired by one Tony Atlas. Uh, Tony was a soft-spoken strongman wrestler who, even after building a name for himself throughout the wrestling world and was almost a legend just based off of what he did in the 70s and 80s, was given the absolute stupidest insulting gimmick of all time when Vince McMahon made him be Saba Simba, uh, something the fans crapped on right out of the gate, and everyone felt insulted as they tried to pass him off as a new person in 1990. It was just insulting all around. Uh, his voice is more original, uh, but was originally done as an impression of Barry White. So, Tommy Aloha is loosely based on Ricky Steamboat, as far as a guy with a Hawaiian gimmick with a great super athletic body and a super worker. However, that's where the similarities end. Uh, unlike Steamboat, who was of Japanese descent and grew up in the mainland, Tommy Aloha is a real-deal Hawaiian with a generally original personality inspired by many non-specific people in wrestling as one of the many trying to get by and looking out for themselves, and they don't put themselves on a pedestal or a moral high horse in what they do. Uh, they're just trying to make money you know, and have a career. Uh, his voice is my not-very-well-done Hawaiian pigeon voice. And we have Goliath, uh, who's probably one of my favorites. Uh, his role is obviously Andre the Giant uh, as a giant uh, international draw and a sensation like that. Uh, but I always want a twist rather than directly recreate people. I always heard what a great guy Andre was with a big heart and this and that. So I posed the question, well, what if Andre the Giant was like the biggest fucking asshole in wrestling? Like the, the dirt worst, just an awful, awful human being. And that's Goliath. Uh, he looks like the French angel, Maurice Tillet, uh, Tillet, but has the size of Andre and the personality of Don Logan and Sexy Beast. Uh, and his voice is a digitally modified version of my impression of Mr. Hyde from Van Helsing. Uh, the other role influence on Goliath is Bruiser Brody. Um, not so much personality, but as a guy seemingly more comfortable in Japan, but with a true independent spirit uh, and a mercenary and one who values getting paid the most for his services with no actual loyalty to any promoter or company on an emotional level. Uh, Tarzan Kid wasn't anyone specific, other than maybe Superfly Snuka as far as visual, uh, but personality-wise, nothing like Snuka or his role other than working the New York Territory at this period of time, the early 80s. Uh, Tarzan is a local Italian guy from the Bronx, like uh, Taz, uh, and his gambling is taken from the rumors about Gino Hernandez in Texas and the trouble he got into uh, with the uh, wrong element, as well as his mysterious death, which some felt was a hit due to gambling debts. Uh, Voice-wise, it's most influenced by Christopher Moltisanti in Sopranos, uh, at least that's the voice I'm trying to do anyway. 
Uh, Vance Armstrong, voiced by Lanny Poffo. If you haven't figured it out yet which story we're telling with him, uh, you will figure it out in Season 6 for sure. That's a promise. Diamond Donnie Gold, with this Nature Boy gimmick and him being the best all-around wrestler in the biz, he is the Ric Flair of the Kingsverse. However, the personalities diverge quite a bit. Uh, Ric Flair has been a family guy from the start. Even if some would say he's not the best husband or father, that is still his deal. Uh, Flair also butted heads with a lot of guys over the years. Uh, Diamond Donnie, on the other hand, is the classic bachelor that cannot be held down by one girl and could never commit. And as we saw through his spirit journey, he seemingly turned his back on his entire family wanting nothing to do with them or his past. And he might even have a kid. But Donnie abandoned Donald Goldman at some point and fully reinvented himself as Donnie Gold, almost like Don Draper in Mad Men. Uh, we don't know the real guy as the man created this Diamond Donnie persona that he lives 24-7 and he has no desire to do or be anything else. Uh, Donnie had a thirst to be a mainstream celebrity and was initially bogged down by being famous in flyover states in the South only. Uh, he wanted the bright lights of New York and L.A. Uh, the respect and admiration of the industry wasn't enough for him. Uh, but he was humbled with his experience with Julian in New York, and he's not like that anymore. And of course, his experience with Waylon Thorpe and the plane crash also changed him. Outlaw Jesse James. As the headliner wrestler, booker, and all-around smart wrestling guy, his role is Dusty Rhodes. Uh, physically, though, there's no resemblance with Dusty, as Jesse looks like John Wayne. Uh, this was done as Dusty always admired John Wayne as his favorite celebrity guy or whatever, a role model, so I took this one step further. Uh, and this is where the Dusty comparisons end, as their personalities are totally different. Uh, Dusty Rhodes is, is so unique a figure in wrestling, you can't create a character based on Dusty without being Dusty. Uh, and since we don't do one-for-one -one characters here, you have to go a different direction entirely. Uh, Voice-wise, it's just an original voice, not really based on anyone. Michael Angel physically is like a blonde-haired Kerry Von Erich. And other than being part of the Texas wrestling family uh, is where their similarities end. Uh, Michael has no passion for wrestling. It's just all he knows. And while Fritz was tough on the Von Erich boys, uh, Burt Ironside is on another level. And Michael Angel is a friggin' mess because of it. Uh, amplified by Michael being pure gay, but fighting it every day of his life because of the church, his family, growing up in Texas, his father, and society in general in the 80s. Gabriel is the big brother who watches out for Michael. Uh, it's very laid back, but is a wrestler through and through. Uh, he just lacks aspirations to be the biggest star and will probably walk away if he won the lottery. Uh, Voice-wise, he's me doing Raylan Givens from Justified. Speaking of Justified, uh, Denny Wayne and the Southern Rebels are my tribute to Boyd Crowder and the gangs in Justified. Uh, Denny is me doing an impression of Boyd Crowder and sort of sets the personality and the way he talks. Uh, his role as a top heel, innovator, and booker could be compared to Michael Hayes, uh, but they're totally different people. Miss Kitty is meant to embody and represent all the classic valets of the 80s. Uh, Baby Doll, Precious, Sunshine, Dark Journey, Missy Hyatt, uh, Miss Sylvia, all of them. And our all-around toughness was inspired by a woman slash Nancy uh, Tofloni, a former wife of Kevin Sullivan and Chris Benoit, who had a great run as a woman in WCW for a decade. Uh, but the stories with her was she was not one to be fucked with, and she kept a razor in her shoe. Uh, I like that angle for Kitty, 
uh, whom it made sense for an incredibly pretty girl like that to grow up in the business uh, would need to protect herself from all the perverts in wrestling. And it got to a point where her reputation alone protected her as guys stopped messing with her at some point and generally respected her. Uh, Barry, beautiful Barry Lovelace. Now, his role was originally inspired by the Garvins, the general role of the general role of gorgeous Jimmy Garvin, but having a short title reign that people didn't take seriously, a la Ron Garvin. Throw in Adrian Street and the original gorgeous George, uh, all minus the charisma or wrestling ability, and that's Barry Lovelace. Uh, Barry is an entertaining mid-card gimmick that draws great cheap heat, uh, but isn't a top act at all. Uh, Miss Kitty is probably a draw on her own, and Barry's part of the package, and promoters all know that, as they all want to win favor with her, thinking they can get into her pants if they book him too. Uh, as for how he got her, with her upbringing in the business, with Brutal Bob as her dad, she is not into conventional guys, uh, plus Barry used to be a lot better looking back in high school when he got her, and he did the right thing at the right time, and she's loyal. But that's how Barry got his mental hooks into her. But there's just something about Donnie Gold with her. Uh, Daniel Hawkins. Now his role as patriarch of an established mid-Atlantic wrestling family is based on the Crockett's. Now the famous legend Davy Crockett took on a wife named Rebecca Hawkins. So that's where the name comes from. Uh, however, this is role only. Uh, the personalities of all involved have nothing to do with the Crockett wrestling family. Uh, and his voice is just a nerd voice because he's a classic 80s nerd uh, plus he's a major wrestling mark uh, Nigel Davies uh, his role is inspired by Jim Barnett as an all-around pioneer who had so much influence on the sport setting up successful territories all over the world and everybody knew him everybody trusted him however I made Nigel English and also not famously uh, gay Barnett was one of the more well-known guys for that um, and Nigel also has a much stronger Hollywood connection than anyone in real-life wrestling. Uh, his voice uh, isn't specific to anyone, so it's an original voice. George Gilmore is loosely based on Sam Muchnick as the Kings of St. Louis. Personality-wise, they're different, as I don't know a lot about Sam, other than his age and stature in the biz as the King of St. Louis for the longest, uh, and who faded into retirement into the 80s. And the voice of Gilmore is my crappy impression of Cary Grant. Uh, who else? Uh, uh, Jack Valiant, uh, the owner of VBS. As a role, he's Ted Turner, you know, owner of TBS and all that on CNN. But as a persona, I've ironically made him Australian, like Robert Murdoch, who is Ted's real-life archenemy. So that's Jack Valiant. Uh, Jay Delvo, the SCW announcer on WVBS. He isn't necessarily based on anyone, although his refusal and disapproval of Julian buying out SCW was inspired by Gordon Soley, who did the same when Vince McMahon bought out the TBS time slot. And Jay's voice is my impression of Doyle King, an announcer who did the USWA in Memphis and Dallas. Um, uh, Peyton Thomas, Burt's Booker in Dallas. Now his role is a combo of Bruce Pritchard, who started in Houston under Paul Bosch, and David Manning, who was Fritz's booker for a time and famous referee and handler for World Class. Uh, and that's where the name comes from, too. David Manning, Peyton Manning, Peyton Thomas. So that's how that came about. Uh, Chris Stanley. The role of Chris Stanley is absolutely based on a real person uh, with a couple other influences. Um, but I cannot reveal who that person is, uh, as Chris has not yet done what this real person will do in the Kingsverse. So you'll have to wait. 
Uh, and his name is simply combining Peter Chris and Paul Stanley of Kiss, since Kiss rules. Uh, Marauder number two, uh, he represents the many perverts in wrestling history. <laughs> um, his voice is a perverted, creepy version of Eric Embry. Uh, Michael Sluck, his voice is John Stossel. Uh, Bo Riggs, his voice is Don Fry with a Wisconsin accent. Uh, Clyde Simmons of the Jivetown Express is a bad imitation of Cat Williams. Uh, Stuart Flaherty is a higher-pitched version of the heel from Back to School. Um, Jack Trades is a poor imitation of John Tolos. Um, Pretty Boy Willie Dean is sort of a Cajun-influenced uh, Negan from Walking Dead. Um, and finally, Julian Kane. His role in this world is the second-gen son of New York promoter who changes the business by wiping out the alliance to create a true national wrestling company is, of course, based on Vince McMahon. However, I take great pains to make them different people. Uh, I consider Vince more of a like a buffoon who is never really in touch with pop culture, and he has a lot of weird, quirky values and personality traits. Uh, he's a, more of an alpha male bully type. Uh, where Julian is more evil and diabolical than Vince, uh, and his personality is a lot more streamlined. Uh, Julian's driven by a lifetime of bitterness and personal hatred of his father and the other heads of the Alliance, uh, which doesn't apply to Vince. Um, Julian is very much in tune with pop culture and trends. Uh, Julian isn't a physical being. He is more cerebral and a manipulator. Uh, he's not wrestling the boys. He's not juicing up and wearing big shoulder pads or in any way trying to intimidate anyone through physicality or traditional alpha male stuff. Uh, Julian is more like Dr. Doom, a uh, manipulator and, and an intellectual who wants to defeat people mentally. Uh, he puts no value in physical dominance, and that's likely because he was physically terrorized and bullied uh, by that big gorilla Sal Spinelli most of his young life. Uh, and Julian's voice isn't based on anyone. It's uh, original voice. But uh, there you have it. Uh, it's a little peek and reveal into how these characters work and how the voices are done. Hopefully it didn't spoil or ruin anything, your experience, <laughs> hearing the goofy ways some of these voices are done. But we will see you for the upcoming season premiere. This is Steve Tatai signing off.